No, it's harmonized. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the 1313 Podcast, the most mediocre podcast in the Star Wars universe. I'm Jacob. I'm Jackson. I'm Tommy. To all you regs, welcome back to the podcast. To all you shinies, welcome to the podcast. This is the 1313 Podcast. Before we begin, please make sure that you press the like button, you leave a nice comment about how your week was, and you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Links are in the description below, and if you haven't already, make sure that you join the Discord. Also... If you want to support the, page, uh, the, the the podcast, make sure that you join the Patreon. Link is also in the description below. We're going to be giving away the Hascon exclusive John Favreau figure, or Comic-Con, I forget which one it is. Uh, we're going to be giving away that John Favreau figure the 1st of December to those that are in our Gungan boss tier. So if you want to get your hands on that awesome, awesome figure, please make sure that you are in the Patreon. Before we get into this episode, though, I am going to thank Ben Taylor sent me a nice... Package. What? Send, what? Send me a nice package. His package. Hmm? What do we got? It's nicely oh. bubble wrapped too. Oh. Very nice. Keep package. the bubble wrap so we can send it. Keep the bubble wrap so we can use it. This is great ASMR for all you audio listeners. Oh. bam! Skeleton oh. Trooper helping build the Skull Trooper from Fortnite? From Fortnite? Thank you, from Ben Fortnite. Taylor. So much. He went to Target and found this for me. Uh, I'm building an army. So if any of you guys have this, you got him, and then you're like, wow, this is mid, and you want to get rid of it, uh, hit me up in the Discord. Hit up Jacob, bro. Or on Instagram. That's works. you can hit my personal phone number at 616-312-7979. That's not a real number. That's not a real number. Don't call that number. Uh, no, my actual number is uh, 8376309 uh, <laughs> or whatever the hell that song is. Um, thank you, Ben. Again, I really appreciate this. Uh, if you guys haven't already followed Ben Taylor yeah. on Instagram. Just some cool photography in our ben, Discord. Isn't it Ben Taylor Photography? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably that on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. It's Ben's Toy Photography. Ben's Toy yes. Photography. Underscore. Thank you, Ben. Again, I really appreciate this. Um, now! So... I, I just want to share something real quick. So I was on my phone while what Jacob was doing? doing his intro. And it's because my mom sent to our family group chat a picture, multiple pictures, of a swollen ankle. And I was like... Whose ankle Whose is ankle it? is that? It's, it's my poor sister who's in 10th grade. She Something happened and they literally don't know what. Her ankle just started going... Oompa For Loompa, context, an ankle supposed to be this thick is like this. <laughs> so it's extended. Yeah, her ankle said, "Violet, you're turning violet, Violet." So that's Dang. what's going on. But how's everybody's week going? How's I almost got doing? gaslit into buying coffee, bro. That was actually <laughs> right, stupid. You did not get gaslit. You're just he was gaslighting things. us. Yeah, you were gaslighting us. Stop no. gaslighting me, Jack. He's currently gaslighting. No such us. thing as gaslighting. You're just crazy. My man is really just opening the skull trooper. He's opening on the, the whole podcast. skull trooper on the cast. You guys, right you guys like the sound of this? Nice. Okay, I do have to admit. Um, although I hate the plastic-free packaging, at least they make the tissue paper pretty. So it makes me feel yeah, little, right. It makes me feel a little bit more special. You know what about I don't like this dumb little bag. The accessories. Yeah. Come. No, I actually, actually. Bag. Okay, okay. Real stuff. Real stuff for a minute. Every single action figure I have gotten since Taiwan's feet have been stuck. Like, my Christmas Trooper's feet are both stuck and the ankles won't move. I'm going to keep it real, Is Jackson. Is this a new thing you people just treat, are You just treat your action figures like antiques that belong in, a, yeah, in an you, art you museum. Yeah, you barely move them. Sometimes if they don't move, you just got to force it. No, I mean, like, I try. It's the same issue I had with Fixer when I was in Taiwan and I had it. Like, its foot literally popped off the socket and I had to put it back on. Hang on, bro. Like, me, it's I'll, like... Let me get some real quick. Let me get some. I think this is just a Jackson issue. Hey, no, it might be me. Quick. No, this is... It's cap. No. That's cap. That's what that is. Jackson's capping. That's cap. I'm literally not capping. Somebody cap. let me know it's what's cap. happening it's genuinely as well. cap. I don't want to hear another I word. Think, I think Jackson just is so repulsed by feet that he's afraid to touch them. I so love feet, dude. I wish I could have feet all the time. No. You do have feet all the time. <laughs> you, have, you have two of them. All right, guys. Here's um this little baggie. 
there, there it goes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I rather have the bag than like the wrapped tissue paper with like tape on it that you just have to like tear apart. At least this, this feels like a little bit more like, oh, this is a finished product than just like wrapping it. If you want to see a review of this figure, we do have a review yep. on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. um, we do the Halloween edition Clone Trooper mm -hmm. by Hasbro the Black Series. Yes. Target exclusive. And your friendly reminder, if you have it and don't want it, let me know. But I feel like getting into some interesting stuff that happened this week, though, in Star Wars, there oh, was yeah. a tease that we had last night that Disney and Studio Ghibli was going to be collaborating on mm -hmm. some sort of thing with Grogu. No, 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 no. For those that don't know what Studio Ghibli is, do yourself a favor, um, either pirate it online or yes. get HBO Max and watch some critically acclaimed films. Some of these films have won multiple awards throughout the years, all handmaded, animated style. Um, Howl's Moving Castle is probably one of my, it's probably my favorite animated movie of all time. Not because it has a great story, because it is just utterly beautiful. Yep. So do yourself it's a, a favor, check out some Studio Ghibli movies. But if you haven't already, they came out with this today. <clears throat> yeah, wanna... so they kind of just randomly dropped it almost at midnight. The fact that they're like, hey, so tomorrow there's going to be a short with Grogu in it. It's going to be a hand-drawn special. So we were really excited. So we booted up. It's only four minutes long. So if you haven't checked it on Disney Plus and you're kind of a fan of very stylistic stuff, I would very much recommend it. For me at first, I was a little bit like, okay, just because again, like what we said, it's in an anime art form and anime itself is supposed to be very expressive to begin with anyway. And it's not supposed to have a great overarching purpose. So well, that's really so what this special reflected. The so I'm about to tell you why. Grogu and the Dust Bunnies by Studio Ghibli is the most profound Star Wars content to ever release. Better, better than, than Empire Andor. Strikes Back. Better than Andor. Better, better than, than Revenge of the Sith. Better than Clone Wars Season 7. Better than the Thrawn books. This is why. I said it so fast, you guys probably didn't even hear it. So <laughs> I, um, I personally, I thought it was great. Um, the credits show that it was made by one animator one producer and one team leader. Dope. So it was a team of three people that made the short. It was probably some intern, to be honest, that just like wanted to do it. It is so very much the Studio Ghibli style. Everything that Studio Ghibli does usually has some theme around your youth. Um, but I think it was just, it was, it was nice, fun, wholesome, uh, really well animated short it was only four minutes long but it was it was made to celebrate its three-year anniversary of the mandalorian coming yes. out so it was just made as a little thing to uh kind of celebrate that my main thing is though is this opens up the door to star wars and studio ghibli collaborating maybe another time in the future and if people were not going on Twitter and being like, worst four minutes of my life. Enough four minutes, I'll never get back. Maybe if you give some positive feedback to it, then maybe they'll be more likely to actually make that full-length story now, that you're complaining about. Think about what you just said. Yeah. Because you just asked Star Wars fans to not complain about something. Yeah, I, so, I did forget so that they have a complaining disorder. Impossible. That's a tall order, bro. Mm -hmm. It's a tall order. But it, it's hope and uh, rebellions are built on hope. So. Rebellions are built on hope. And I, I can hope for me if I can dream, you know, Jackson kind of touched on it himself. Um, the way anime is in Japan is kind of like it's, it's contemporary art form. Mm -hmm. it, you make something to look beautiful. It's not so much. I mean, having a great story in a very narrative driven anime is cool, too, which, you know, there's plenty of that. Um, but anime is an art. And so at the end of the day, Studio Ghibli is known for making beautiful masterpieces mm -hmm. that tend to have good stories as well, but like it's just breathtaking the visuals that they mm -hmm. they hand draw. So that was that's kind of that's one thing I was really happy about was the last Studio Ghibli movie that came out. It's something in the witch. I forget exactly what it's called, but it was three D animated. Something in the witch. Um, but it was three D animated, and everybody resoundingly hated it. It was like it's the worst Studio Ghibli movie to ever come out. Not only because the story's whack, but no nobody liked the animation. It's tremendously style. I'll take. So that you didn't like that one? No, for for people to like hate on it. Well, what do you mean? The the three D animated it? one? You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to hate on anything. I well, I watched it. It's my least favorite thing Studio Ghibli has ever done. Um, just because the animation feels clunky. 
It feels way behind its time for especially for something that came out in 2019, I believe. So it's like, I think because their bread and butter is that nostalgic feel beautiful music by uh it's like joel hisashi or something i forget his name exactly say that again uh joel hisashi <laughs> joel versace joel versace 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 uh i've uh, i butchered that name i'm so sorry but um yeah it's the music and it's the mixture of like the matte painting backgrounds with that hand animated style that makes studio ghibli just so recognizable so i think if they go back to that and not only go back to that go to that with something star wars i think i i think it would just i think it would become my favorite thing of all time i'd say hey that's pretty good that's pretty good so i i was a fan of it uh i know initially that you weren't was that just because you're like oh this is underwhelming i just wanted something i just like a little bit more i guess Hmm. a little bit more what anything I think Basically, Jackson's, Jackson's little peewee brain wasn't able to understand the significance mm. behind the... Sorry, the I don't watch Rick and Morty the... like you. I just don't have that good of an intellect, I guess. Um, do watch, but do you watch regular show? Didn't think so. Bro, your phone is buzzing a storm It's right not. Now. Bro, you literally... I, I put it... It's on It's on silent. It's not vibrating. Your girl blowing up your phone. It's on silent. <laughs> Still but, buzzing. Um, it can't be buzzing. It's on no ringer, no vibrate. You button, but, um, bro. Uh, I get. I guess I get where you're coming from, Jackson. Of being like, oh, I wish it was more. When I saw that, when I saw things about there being a Grogu short film, I was like, oh, maybe it's gonna be like a thirty minute thing. And then when I saw Studio Ghibli in the mix, I was like, oh, this is gonna be like the best. The but second I'm, I saw Grogu, I was like, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> this made me. This gonna turn on, bro. This, I was like, this made me hate Grogu about like this much less. I just I think my main problem with Grogu is just the fact that it's the products that get endlessly shoved down my throat, and it's the fact that there's all those the new Star Wars fans that don't care about anything else Star Wars. All they care about is Grogu. Yeah. Let me. I think this is why you didn't like the finale of the Book of Boba Fett upon yeah. first viewing because you know throwback to that podcast episode, which I still believe is one of our best podcast episodes. Um, you you were very turned off to it and a lot of it was because of grogu mm-hmm. yeah yeah so jacob it, you know you don't like grogu <sighs> that's got to be racist it really does i was gonna say has, whoa has, i like has, bro i'm i got friends that are like with yoda <laughs> <laughs> dude i have yoda friends I, dude i have da- yoda friends. i dated yaddle in high school it's like <laughs> i can't be i'm just saying it, it, it's not it doesn't add up okay gotta be racist bro, anyway oh, oh, yeah, I, lo- I love all people but he did he did make that one that one album okay like <laughs> graduation is it i don't know i don't listen to kanye <laughs> all right all right, all right. Trying- anyway. i can't say who the doctor was because you know they were i'm not actually good <laughs> for those that you could you just don't defend kanye anymore is going down a but dark he made path. graduation. He, he made graduation, graduation though. But he made, made, made Jesus is king. But he made Jesus. That makes he me so Donda. sad because that made Donda, bro. He Jesus made Donda. is king is a fire album. He made Donda. Donda was throwback to when Jackson and I were obsessed with Donda. Dude, for a good Donda six saved months. our lives. Donda saved my life. Turned around whenever I it started did. It to Donda. did. But we could talk about that. We another could talk time. about that another time. This is let's dumb. get into Andor because what? that was good. Andor I was just saw what that says on our list. Grongle. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what it was called, and I was typing out the schedule, so I typed in anime grongle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Andor. One way out. One way out. One way out. I can't swim. One way out. Okay. One way out. Commander Bly did a post in the Discord about the whole swimming incident because I personally well, we're and just I'm jumping right into the swimming. Do you want to take our time? No. Dude, you're okay. diving deep. No. <laughs> I did it deeper. Leave it up to Jackson to dive right in. But I thoroughly loved this episode of Andor. I feel like it was the climax that we needed for all the slow building action that we got. But at the same time, I'm going to be really honest. In my personal opinion, the fact that he could not swim, in my opinion, turned me off. You need to leave. As soon as he was like, I can't swim. I was like, I'm getting fired up. I'm getting I'm getting fired up. Because let me, let me just let me just, my, whenever you're done. All right, all right. Thoughts. Because I absolutely loved his character progression throughout this entire arc. And I get it that in the end, the story's supposed to progress with Cassian, and maybe we're not supposed to see him again. 
So maybe that's a means of getting rid of him. I, sure, we don't know what happened to him and if he survived or whatnot. But like, still, I just feel like for the moment, it was just like such like a write-off thing. Be like, oh yeah, by the way, this fella can't swim. Okay, I okay, think, okay. I think it works for him not to be able to, to go off with Cassian because, okay, you have to remember at the time that Rogue One came out, he was currently working on... The, the the ring of Catherine. No, he was working on what se- episode seven, eight, and nine. Well, seven and eight. Was he was Snoke, so yeah. he couldn't be in those and also be in Rogue One. And half the people that we see him escape with, especially the ones that he was close with and like conducted the plan with, we see them all in the end of Rogue One. They're all like part of like the militia. So it wouldn't make sense for him not to be there in Rogue One if everybody else is there. So I'm going to just say, this has less to do with continuity and more to do with the theme of the sh- of this episode of the show. <clears throat> this episode of the show is about, and we get it a lot in Luthen's monologue, this is about giving up absolutely everything that you value for a cause with no guarantee that you will come out on top or I'm that you will come dead. out alive. Because for Mon Mothma, she is actually considering giving up her daughter's freedom and that's setting whack. up her daughter in a Chandrillan marriage. Yeah, that's whack. In order to get what she needs for the money moving for the rebellion. Well, we with Luthen, see- he has already given up everything for the rebellion. With this uh, ISB turncoat that we now meet, mm-hmm. he is giving up his like basically he could lose his family he could lose everything and with no guarantee that he'll ever get out safely or alive what do you sacrifice everything and then that was like and then with with kino it's which is andy circus's character with kino it's the idea that he did all this he was so afraid to do it but he stepped up he did all of this just to get to the very end and not be able to escape himself where everyone else is. That's and fine. you see it on his face, that realization of, I did all this. I'm definitely dead now, but it was, it was I couldn't escape. All this that I did, and I couldn't escape when I was so close to almost being out of here. But everyone else got to escape. Everyone else got freedom, and he sacrificed himself mm-hmm. for freedom. I That's think fair. Andor would have grabbed him and like was like, would have carried him like to shore if he wasn't did, shoved well, if, yeah if he didn't get knocked off i think i personally think uh that that monologue from luthan i, I think his name is stellan scars you think his name is he's looking at uh, the actor's well, name. well i don't know how to pronounce his last name so i'm i i think you pronounce stellan scars okay. i think that was some of the best acting best yes. line delivery probably the best monologue in all of star wars next to general hux's hitler speech um because that one that was pretty cool. But um no, it, it was just like it's so just like it's in your face, it's powerful, and it's explosive at the end with the everything when he's talking about what he sacrifices. And it's like you feel it. It's such it's such good acting. And that's one thing I think that sets Andor above most other things, is not only is it just awesome writing, it is fantastic acting. It is something that Star Wars fans aren't really used to because let's be honest, the acting in the prequels isn't that great. Wah, wah, wah. Let's be honest, some of the writing in the sequels isn't that great. So when we get the combination of good writing, good dialogue, and good acting all together in one thing, not only does it just feel kind of unnatural for Star Wars, it's such a breath of fresh air and it makes everything feel so new. And I, I love it. Andor is just one of those shows that... I would watch even if it wasn't Star Wars and I would love it even if it wasn't Star Wars, but it gives it that extra cool factor yep. because I know that it's Star Wars mm. and it, it has never not felt Star Wars. Like I've never walked out of an episode going like, well, even if I liked it or not, like I've never walked out of an episode going, damn, that did not feel like Star Wars because everything still does. Everything still mm. feels very mm-hmm. in the universe, I agree. Mm-hmm. but I just, I like that it's about normal people and you have to get this idea that they're literally sacrificing every single thing that they care about, everything that every value they hold. We had just talked about a couple weeks ago, how Mon Mothma is not at that point yet where Mm -hmm. she's willing to give everything for the cause and give everything for the rebellion. She's now approaching that point. She actually, I mean the, I don't know if he's a gangster or like a mob boss or something. Did they say he was a separatist? He's a sketchy dude. 
Okay. I he thought he that, said he worked for the Separatists or something have. in the past. He's a crook. Okay, I thought that was a point match. But bad. he... He calls her out when she's like, I'm not thinking about it. He goes, that's the first untrue thing you've said. It, mm-hmm. That's the first lie you've said today. Yeah, and it's like... it. It's true, though, because Mon Mothma is now reaching this point where she is actually willing to give up her daughter's freedom of choice to marry who she wants because that's what Mon Mothma was in an arranged marriage. And we learn more about that in this episode. And Mm -hmm. to see that it's something that she doesn't want to do, but she realizes that it has to be done in order to... In order, sacrifice has to be made in order for her to be able to move these funds. Not only that, but if she doesn't move the funds, then... Because they're screening their finances. Yeah. So she's going to get caught. So yeah. that's like the kind of time bomb to it. But again, I do feel like there isn't the, with the last episode when this was introduced, it's like, oh, she has to move the finances or she's going to get caught. It's like, oh, she's not going to get caught because yeah, we sure. know that she survives till rebels in the Senate. Now that we have this added on piece of what's going to happen to her daughter adds tension to the situation because although we know that she doesn't get caught now we have another moral dilemma that she has to deal with which is i think saved the writing of the last episode because i think they realize that people that if you're watching andor and you're really watching andor you're probably a big nerd like we are so it's like you understand what happens to rebels so it doesn't feel like there's tension moving forward but you introduce a new conundrum to create tension so good on you writers I definitely really, really enjoy how the rebellion doesn't feel like something that's easy to be done. And there's lots of sketchy and morally sacrificing things that these people have to do to attain good. And to show that like in maybe like previous rebellious situations, you know, like you always have to do the right thing. You know, everything's always going to be peachy. It's going to get hard here and there. It's like, no, you have to sacrifice everything that you do with no guarantee that you make it change anything thing that you thought just to like make it through and win and you see how much it affects kino in the prison Mm -hmm. and again just to get to the very end and realize i'm not getting out Mm -hmm. but everyone else was able to get out Mm -hmm. and it's that self-sacrifice that needs to happen Mm -hmm. i also want to say that i did call what the arc of the episode was going to be that we were going to see an escape this episode and the final episodes of the season is going to be the rebellion on Ferrex. On Ferrex. Yeah. Ferrex. So I did call that. That'll probably be cool too. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I feel like with the prison escape, just like in general and whatnot, I really, I was really happy it finally happened this episode and there wasn't like a whole nother like thing of tension. But I really thought the way that they did it was ingenious too with the whole like the water situation fill the floor because then it can't electrocute you or get on the tables. It's just all the small things they didn't think of because they assumed that people were too stupid to rebel. So was the the leak thing kind of confused me. So the the was it that they wanted the water to leak so it would affect the other floors? Because that's what it did. No, so when you okay, it's like it's like if you dump water on your PC, electrical uh conduction goes from one pipeline to the next pipeline. Yeah. It surges it and it shorts it out. It backfires oh. on the pipeline. So all the tiles were separate tiles of electrocuted bits that probably come up through the floor. By adding a conductor between them, you you created a loop that before it got to your feet, it hit the water and it circled back into another cell. So that's yeah. why the dude that that's was standing in the water was didn't okay. get electrocuted. Mm-hmm. So it was like, also we could probably, uh, you can probably, if we want to get really nitty gritty and nerdy, you can assume that the water in the facility didn't have like fluorine or anything to keep people safe because that would cost more money and distilled water is not conductive because it doesn't have any salt suspended in it to make electricity move through it. Huh. Um, but then again, you could also make the argument that the only reason why if you drop a toaster in the bathtub with you is because the salt from your body makes a little salt water pool and that's why it electrocutes you. Ah. Interesting. So that's why See, if you're in a shower and you drop something, you'll be okay. See, now that makes a bit more sense as well, just because when I was thinking of an electric four in general, I thought the electricity would conduct through the water. Into you. That's what yes, I thought. That's, that's why I thought I, it was but weird. But that makes a lot more sense too. Yeah. Well, it's because it hit... Well, we did see somebody die from the floor. From because the floor. Because it wasn't yeah. wet. Because it wasn't wet yet, but you got to remember, it went, the floor is here, and then this is like two pads. It went, whoop, I mean, right that was so smart room. though about the tables though. Get on the tables. Get well, on the table. Yeah. I, was I was confused. Like, oh, that makes so much sense. I was confused by that because if you look at the tables, the tables look like they have the same surface as the floor. So it looks like they would be conductive. But why would you shock the tables? Because then, I mean, in case somebody tried to get up more. I thought the tables were also like 
like uh like electrically charged but i guess that would also make sense due to the fact that because they have um the electric parts under the, them yeah like to I, you make it the same material as an illusion but you isolate it because if you electrocute the tables you're going to electrocute short all, circuit everything, everything that's inside. in it and then you're mm. going to ruin it so and then, i mean again too like they they live in such fear of being killed that or being fried that they don't why would they even try something like get up on the tables mm -hmm. exactly I, I thought they're so their plan it almost like it, it again this show does a good job of like making me forget that cassian lives past this point when i'm in the moment the first time watching because similarly to aldani when they're escaping on the ship through the eye of the storm um i was like oh like i was, I was actually worried if they were all going to make it out alive it was the same thing here where they're throwing the 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 tools and the garbage and stuff at the yeah. guards and the guards are just gunning people down and then the guy who was supposed to get up and grab the guard gets killed that you know i was like what? that is the one thing that really throws me about andor is because you see so much in movies and in tv where an important side character or an established side character if they die they have like a, oh, they have shot. the moment they yeah. have the moment but th I think it's because they're trying to really nail home the idea that this rebellion is nitty gritty. People are going to die and that's how it's going to begin. Yeah. Is what well, they might die, but life moves on and the rebellion must continue. So mm -hmm. by like killing off seemingly like main characters or side characters and just being like, they're gone. It, it, it feels weird because you're so used to getting like, yeah. Oh, they have their moment, but they don't because in real life, in such a situation where the tension is moving, there is no moment. You yep. have to think about survival and yep. what's coming next. Because that's what important people at his table just died and just mm -hmm. dropped. And they're like, like no. Three and then they just continued. I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. that was pretty crazy. I liked seeing the Imperial moments, like the moments from the Imperial Where they're in the hiding in the, in the cabinet. Yeah. No, don't. Don't make a noise. That was funny. Or They'll die. Seeing They'll die. that the guards don't want to go check things out they're lazy they're complacent with with how things are and when things hit the fan you can tell they haven't really drilled on this they you have also, they really don't know what to do they also know that they're outnumbered and they have no chance so. yeah they know they're screwed so when they get the crazy well the weird voice looking dude to begin with and it's just some nerdy fellow and they're like our program and the guys are like <laughs> the command center was another, was another big scene for me you know like seeing yeah. that Again, Cassian is not, this is not your, when I'm wearing on my shirt, this is not your Luke Skywalker and Han Solo. This is more Han Solo from A New Hope. This is not your, your morally virtuistic character who would never, ever kill someone, and you know, unless it was in self-defense. They blasted dude at point blank to make a point. Just yeah, to make would. a point. <laughs> and then the one dude just snitching. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, nah, he knows he the code, like, <laughs> And he's like, they're like, turn it off. But if I turn it off, it won't come back on for a couple of days. He's like, that's the freaking point. <laughs> so losers. I um I it's it I think it's just I'm glad that this episode happened because last ep the episode before was a little bit stale for me, but this really kind of made it worth it. Um, it brought you back in. It brought <laughs> it brought me back. Just because it was it was good. It not only because it was like, oh, it has action in it, and I I need action to entertain my small brain because I swipe on TikTok all day. Um, it's it's just because it felt like the writing was getting a little stagnant, which was making me disappointed in the show because so far the writing has been good, but miniature arcs that seemed like they were pointless last episode paid off to something yeah. in this episode. So, an additional thing I liked was Kino's speech and the fact that Cassian could have done it. But he wanted Kino to do it because everybody would have rallied behind him. Because at the end of the day, Cassian was a nobody who just got there. Mm -hmm. But people respected Kino and knew him. And the other floor managers knew who he was too and had an idea. So mm -hmm. that's why it had such a profound effect. It's also, it's the same, it, the same thing would have happened when he was on his floor and he told everybody. Nobody believed him until Kino spoke up and he said, none yep. of us are getting out. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. And I like with the beginning, though, Kino kind of starts to give a speech and it's not very good. And yeah. Cassian kind of nudges him like, that's all you've that's got. That's you got. And so he starts to give a really, really powerful moving yeah. speech. And for me, it, Again, was, it was just great dialogue. So, so oh my good. Gosh, was I, good. I also think one of the saving things of this show is the fact that the sets are 
because this they talked about this in some of the behind the scenes they're not using the the volume they're not using blue screen and these green are real screen. sets these are practical sets and they have hundreds of extras to fill the sets it's another one of those things that just makes the show feel grounded because although you watch the mandalorian and then you're like whoa this looks like this looks real this looks like, like an actual place there's always that there's it's like how you if you ever have been in vr you can put on the headset, you can listen to music and have it look like you're outside and you can see, oh, I'm outside, but you never feel like you're truly outside in the woods until you're there. You can have the same sights and the same sounds, but it's the presence of it that really makes it feel concrete. It's the same thing with this type of filmmaking. Practical you can have the volume and it looks good, but it's never going to feel like a practical set. That's why I think arguably, I think some of the, the original Star Wars films are more technologically advanced than all of the other ones, just because of everything is grounded in its filmmaking and it's all analog. So I think mm -hmm. I personally think filmmakers need to go back to doing things more analog because everybody's so used to seeing things that are digital and yeah, they look okay, but you can always tell that it's There's digital. The optical illusion of mm -hmm. the volume, which is great because it looks real, but that's just it. It's an illusion. It's mm -hmm. not real. And the, 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 like you said, the sets of Andor are so tangible. Because yep. they're actually real places that have depth. The catwalks were in the same set of the main room where they build stuff. That mm -hmm. was all one piece. It was not things stacked on top of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it was not any kind of blue screen mm -hmm. action going on. It wasn't on. like a shot of this on like a flat piece and then a layered shot from below. Yeah. It's one tangible set. Yep. Yeah. And, and even if it isn't a tangible set, then good on you VFX artists because we cannot tell. I actually, I watched a behind the scenes thing about those episodes today on the Star Wars YouTube channel. Okay. And it was, that whole thing was one big room that they built. Mm -hmm. Like, it was so cool. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, I'm just, this whole thing with the sacrificing, I kind of want to talk about the Luthan stuff. Okay. Yeah, um, I was going to kind of start yeah, to talk about ISP For me, it's with Luthan, I don't know, like Luthan kind of is a lot more morally ambiguous than I thought he was because if he's, he is so willing to let 50 of Krieger's men, Krieger, another rebel sect like leader die, let these 50 rebels die. These are fighters. These are people like these yeah. are, these are, these are other Cassian Andors. These are other Saw Gerreras. Like yeah. they're all going to just lose their lives to to make sure that the intel continues to flow. The intel continues to flow. Because if they are tipped, then he's like, they'll know that they have a snake on the inside and then they'll start looking. Yeah. And then, but the thing is, is that he's like, wants to give him all this information so he can get out. Yep. So it's like, he's like, I have a family. And Luthen's like, I wish. <laughs> that was a huge shock to me in the end that that the ISB dude that we saw is a double agent working for Luthen to begin. I was like, no way. The Galaxy needs more heroes. And you know what I can find? Every time this show puts something in there that I think is pointless, and or I go, why is that there? Why is this guy? It yeah. comes back. Because when there was that scene where they're figuring out how to lure the Krieger's rebels in mm -hmm. because the, their their illusion worked. Yeah. They're just going to, oh, we're just going to go investigate this. It'll just make sense that we were there because we were there yeah. to investigate. And Dedra gets mad at this other guy and walks away. And I was like, ah, was this like a thing to just show her jealousy and like a character flaw? I was like, I don't know. That kind of seems weird. Then we see that officer again. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, now this all makes sense as to why Luthen has so much information. Mm. Yeah. But it also shows that the guy is actually playing both sides. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's been trying to sabotage one side or another. He's actually trying to really cover himself. Well, he has to. He's he's in the freaking ISB. Oh, this yeah. is not this is not some little outpost <laughs> in an outer rim world. You know, mm -hmm. this is the headquarters on the capital planet of the Empire. Mm -hmm. This is a big deal. I definitely think Dedra under well Luthen underestimates Dedra. Oh, for and how sure. much she's catching on because he's like keep wasting her time. Like she'll never catch on. It's like she kind of has a pretty good understanding of like who you might be and connected to all these people and that she really just needs to find Cassie to get the answer at this point. I think the thing is though, is because although he's funding it and he's connected to everything, he's so loyal to it. You find him, what you find one person, you don't find, you don't find the cause. You don't find all the cells. You don't find where they're hiding. You just find the one guy that has the ambition 
to point them in the direction that they need to go. And then what do you do with them? You hope that you can interrogate him mm-hmm. and get the information. A dude like Luthen, who's already given up everything for the rebellion, what, you is put... not going to give up some information. No. You give him the turtle beaches with youngling slaughter. <laughs> you, you put that on him. You think he's going to crack? No, he's going to go to the grave with what he knows. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. We call this one uh, Master Skywalker. There are too many of them. What are we going to do? This is my new EP. Um, <laughs> my I'm, new I'm a SoundCloud rapper. My new indie EP, man. You know, I put acoustic <laughs> guitar behind children's screams to remind you that violence is bad. Can guitar guitar bad. riffs over these kids screaming. I wish I knew you. Thank you for seeing my band, Sunset Gazebo. <laughs> <laughs> Sunset Gazebo. I'm trying to think of some indie band, bro. Man, have that you would heard of weird. Infant Annihilator? Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what that music already oh, is. Oh, this is my band, uh, Slaughtered Bith. Uh, I really hope you guys... <laughs> Slaughtered Bith. Trendocean Entrails. I really hope you guys enjoy my music. <laughs> this is my band, Genocean Genocide. Genocean <laughs> <laughs> The Empire be bumping that one. <laughs> Turn that up. Turn that up. Turn it up. Hey, that's the max, though. Hey, that's not the max. That's the max. Poggle the least. Pulling that up. Click clack, be bumping it. Click clack. Yo, shout out to Saul Guerrero for almost committing mass genocide on the he last should've, he should've he should've he should've Whoa. he should've and again should've. it makes I mean they've done a pretty good job like that is very in Saw Gerrera's actions in Rebels is very in line with his actions in Rogue One and now in Andor 2 and yep. Clone Wars he hasn't and changed one bit yep He's yep. the character with the least development in what I, Star Wars well what I want to see though is like how he gets from where he is is what happened to him his people in the Bad Batch what makes him go to that point that we see him in all these later these later projects. I feel like something must have happened in the Clone Wars when Anakin and Obi Wan. Well, left. his sister died. Well, besides his sister dying, once they weren't there to help mentor him, he snapped. Well, I, I feel think, like the extremism only grows from I, there. I think that for I think it honestly it does make sense because why does the Republic know what Sagarera is to begin with, and they're sending clones in an elite unit to kill him? He must already be a separatist well, terrorist. Well, because he no, because he wasn't. A, he refused the rule of the empire when it switched over. Yeah, true, true, true. He did, he's he's a potential problem, and the emperor's mojo or motto is to mojo. eliminate potential problems. Mojo, Jojo, Mojo, Jojo from Powerpuff I love John Cena. Facts. Ticked off the entire Chinese Republic and they say, We ain't gonna play your movie if you don't apologize. He said, Oopsie poopsie, I'm sorry. So, with with Saw though, with Bad Batch, it's like, I, I can see it now. It does make sense because these were his people. There were children, there were women, there were, you know, families there that were just innocent people trying to get away. And the Empire sent an elite squad, killed him. Yeah. So now it's like, I can't trust anybody. I can't trust the Empire. I can't trust people that used to be my allies. I can't trust people who might be my allies. I just have to keep everything to myself. Mm-hmm. And now we have the Partisans. Mm-hmm. And we have Sagarera's lovely group that commits war crimes upon war crimes. Like two tubes. War crimes. Like two tubes. I almost... Or Tommy Two Tails. I gotta say, if anybody has played Dungeons and Dragons, I just have to say, I used to... Absolutely, take a dump on yep, anybody. Nice, nice catch. I, I used to take a dump on people who played Dungeons and Dragons, but I got invited by some of my high school friends like a couple months ago to start playing it's once so a week. Fun, it so is much so much fun, and we're doing fun. our new campaign is in the Star these, Wars universe. I tried joining, and I was actually gonna pick two tube species like to play really? as for my character, but I picked a Trandoshan instead. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what I want to be. Still, we have a Chiss. We have uh, this a makes me because cl- I was gonna do a chiss. a force sensitive clone trooper, and then we have a hut named Poopy Doopy the Hut. Mm. So I might pick like a B one battle droid or something. There's you could be Babu Frick species. Should I be a battle droid or a robot? I literally just said I was gonna. Uh, do the one. droids, the droids kind of suck to be honest in this can and like with their stats and stuff, they kind of suck. You see, the joke is though, because you are one. Wait, why? What is the joke? You'd be playing himself because I'm a droid. What? 
You be I mentioned this you before, be but I'll mention it on here as well. I was actually trying to have a very serious conversation with somebody, like with one of my mentors and whatnot. And like, I was just looking like this because <laughs> if you watch the podcast, you can see, I just don't blink often. I don't know why. Maybe I was born wrong. Mark Zuckerberg. So like, I don't blink. And I was just staring at him. I was it's like, cause he has fluid receptors that just constantly go over his eyes. And he has like a timer for blinking. It's not like something that's his program. Just, like, he just staring. needs an update. And we were having a very serious conversation just in the middle of, he was like, dude, you seriously don't blink. Like, is everything okay? Like, are you good in there? Like blink or do something. And I was like, can we please keep talking about what we were talking about? I, though? Think, I think you just need an update here. Let's just shut you down real quick. So, and restart and we'll just take like about five minutes to reboot. So, I mean, with Andor, I feel like there's not too much else to talk about with, I mean, aside from the escape plan and mm -hmm. pretty much everything else that happened. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's a beat. There was nothing with Bix or on Ferrix, was there? No, there was. There was that scene with Sinta, right? Yeah. Yes. There's a brief scene there's, where Sinta. There's a doctor going to see Andor's mom and Sinta's yeah. watching. Yeah, because Marva. That was kind of just like a real quick thing. That I feel Bix like Bix doesn't go, does happening. she? No, because she's still in prison. She is a. Uh, Blip blabbity bloop. She's messed up in the head right now. Yep. But yeah. So and then Sinta's watching. But then there's an undercover ISB agent. That's what it looks like. At least it's got to be someone. It's got to be someone ISB. ISB that's watching because it wasn't Cyril and it yeah. wasn't like any character that I think I recognize. Mm -hmm. Was it the dude that that one guy put in charge of Ferrix? No. As the common. It didn't look like anyone we've seen. No, because I I was watching with my dad. I went, "Who the hell's that?" He was like, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah, so it's i mean i'm i'm kind of interested what do you, do you guys have any theories like we're gonna see him next episode for probably. sure for sure because so, I, I think either he's either a he's isb secret agent he's agent callus um or <laughs> bro it was agent callus live action bro come Actually, on no he's busy genociding zeb's world right now yeah. <laughs> yeah this guy also didn't have the schlatt chops on him like <laughs> Like, hey, maybe uh, this is pre-mutton chops, you pre -mutton know? chops. It's either him or it's some rebel kind of overseer or organizer. That's what's kind of got me. I think he was dressed like an Imperial. So it is like kind of 50, 50. Cause if, it, if it's a rebel, it would totally be a rebel dressed as an Imperial. Mm -hmm. But if Luthen's already got his people there, then why would another rebel cell yeah. be there? You know? Mm -hmm. See, yeah. Cause my thoughts are definitely, we're going to get a, a building episode to prepare us for the finale. But I feel like in that, theorizing his mother will die somehow in some way that will be the empire's fault and then mm. people will take to arms against mm. them Could or or what, what about this what about this darth maul isn't dead yet what if this is somebody from crimson dawn trying to stir the pot on this planet so they can get resources or funding or something from I Ferrix. was hoping for Camille. well no because that's the thing Why crimson dawn they still have like that giant aura of uh, different guilds of bounty hunters, smugglers, and things like that. They're still in operation at this time. And then Han Solo! We saw... Pushoa. We saw... No, because we saw their influence already in the Star Wars newscast yeah. that, that um, Cyril was watching with the Crimson Dawn logos plastered behind the guy. That is true. So, we already see that they have influence over the media. What's to say that they wouldn't incite some violence on this planet in order to go in there and steal some stuff? Yeah. It's probably not Crimson Dawn, but it could be something else. I'm thinking outside the box. I'm still going to hold on to my theory because Cassian is still on. Um, uh, I don't even know the name of the planet. Something I was five. Trying to memorize something the, five. It's not Nebula. I want to say Nakiro or Shakira five. Shakira Shaquille five. Shaquille O'Neal five. Um, Shakira Shakira. <laughs> um, they're still on that planet. Yeah. And we now know that it's not just a complete water world. Yeah, it's that like, I was like, whoa, that there was like It snow. looks like Arizona at nighttime. It was like a lake. It was like a lake. Oh, it looked like a wintry environment. Almost. No, it was like sandy. They're walking in a winter Love wonderland. A... But yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited to see if my theory will still play out that Cassian doesn't get back until after the riot has already occurred. Probably. After everybody has been slaughtered. Mm -hmm. And then they'll go, hey, Cassian. Here's our new mixtape. And they'll put it on his head and it'll just be beats of Bix and his mom and everybody else getting <laughs> tapped. Cassian, I love you. <laughs> Hot take. What if the riot whatever only is the half of the episode? And then what if it sets up something completely different that we don't even see that comes out of left field? 
That'd be like, crazy. Man. So you're saying the riot only happens for the episode for the first next half e- of the finale, and the next <laughs> half of the finale is this huge buildup for season two. What if the Empire catches Cassian, and they tell him we're gonna kill these loved ones of yours if you don't share this information about Axis? Whoa. Well, there's a theory. Well, no, I think this is this is gonna wrap up to. There's gonna be this thing on Ferrix. And then we're going to have ISB intercepting Andor trying to kill him. And then you're going to have, um, I can't remember her name, AK girl that just got her black uh, sister. Vel. Vel is going to be intercepting trying to kill him too because uh, Luthan Vel already Lutino. wants him dead. Remember, they, yeah. they put a mark on his head. They want him out of the picture. So you have two parties going after him right now. I think mm. that we're going to have a, I agree about the crossing of paths, but I think that it's going to be a situation where it ends kind of like Mandalorian season one ends where it's like, there's enough of a conclusion to keep you satisfied until the next season True. comes out. But then something's going to happen at the very end that makes you go, oh, I need to see season two. Yeah. Like Ahsoka, but showing up or some shit. I also crap. am under the, crap. Oh, I lost my Use his one. Uses one, use my one swear what do you say? I accidentally said the sugar honey iced tea word. Uh, oh, my sugar bad. Sugar honey iced tea. Ah, oh, man, dude, I had something I wanted to say. No, no, no. What were we talking about? We're talking about Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I think that in this next episode, we're gonna have that Dedra goes to. They hear about the prison riot. Yep. They go to Shakira, Shakira, Shaquille O'Neal five. Um, Mr. Worldwide, Mr. 305. <laughs> In a political account. Mr. 305 in the worldwide people, Christina Aguilera. In a political Um, we're going to get to, uh, they're going to go there and they're going to look at the security cam footage mm. before all the power gets shut off. Yeah. And they're going to see that Cassian was one of the people running around without his, with his beard shaven. And that's why that point mm. is going to be important where they go, oh, he shaved. Yep. You know, last episode, that's going to come back and they're going to go, oh, it's him. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go, no, that's not Cassian. That's well, actually. Keith, Keith something. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go, oh, it's Clem. They're going to, and then it's all going to connect. And then they're going to go chasing after him. But they have really no way of finding him at this point. They're going to probably assume that he went back to Ferrix, though. So they're going to, yeah. they're going to go to, that's where we're going to have our crossing of paths. Dedra's going to go to Ferrix. And that's where we're going to... Isn't she in control of Ferrix right now anyway? She is. So mm-hmm. yeah, that does make sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the hotel is totally going to play another important role before hotel the Hotel going to go. Too. And we also guys see um, what happens to B2 Emo and how he's going to get transferred yeah. over into K2SO. Hopefully. He's gone. He's a goner. Mm. But there's a lot of things that are coming with Andor. Lots of excitement. Lots of excitement. Yes. Lots of excitement. Yes. Okay, here's something that has nothing to do to Ant- with Andor that just kind of popped into my brain mid-episode. Um... So as you guys know, we're getting Boba Fett and we're getting Mando and Grogu coming to Bat Two later this month for the Disney parks. They're already there. Yeah. Do you? Well, uh, Mando's not yet. Well, yeah. I saw Boba's there already. Yeah. Boba okay. and Fennec okay. are there okay. right now. Do you think we might see Bat Two in Mando season three? Because the whole thing that they've been doing so far Ooh. is you only see characters at Bat Two that you that. We're like kind of intersecting there throughout time. Yeah. Does with, Ray go there though? At any point, I believe in, in some point in some of the in novels, universe in universe, in universe she's there. Yeah. yeah, in between episodes eight and nine. That that's because a resistance base is set up there, um, in the Black Spire book. Okay, but so the main thing right now is that characters that go there are people that have been there. So now that we're getting them brought into it, do you think there's a chance that we might see Batu in live action, like for once? Because I, it's I think, mentioned yeah, a lot. Maybe. It's mentioned in the Black Spire books. It's mentioned in a couple other. It's mentioned in the Myths and Fables book. It's mentioned in um, Thrawn Alliances. And I would love it to see Thrawn and Anakin on Batu and Thrawn so and Darth cool. Vader, which is definitely possible for them to do, especially with them saying that they want to bring more characters and if they want to stick to what me is. So I feel like the my theory of seeing maybe uh, Darth Vader and Thrawn at Batu would only work. If we saw uh, Mando and Boba on Batu, and plus I think it would be so much cooler if we actually saw it in Star Wars. I agree. For once, mm-hmm. because then it would actually because it's like you go people describe going to Batu and they're like, oh my gosh, it's like I'm in Star Wars. It's like yeah, but we've never seen this location in universe, so it has like 
the style of Star Wars and its architecture, but it's not like it's not never been tangibly seen in Star Wars. So I would like for it to be seen mm -hmm. at some point. I feel like it'd be really cool because Batu is a very kind of um, it's it's like Tatooine, but it's also not. It just has yeah. really different topography. So I think it'd be really cool to see. So do you do you guys think that's possible? Do you think they're just doing it just because um people are get, getting sick of the sequels characters and they're trying to learn? Probably to just go. Probably just Marketing. advertisement for the show. I think it's a mix of both. I think that I think that Star Wars wants to. I think that they push the sequels so hard that now they're at a, they're at a point where they're like, okay, if we keep shoving it down people's throats, they're just going to reject it even harder than they yeah. are than some fans already are. So let's give people the things that they want and the things that they like and then put it together with the things that they don't like because that's what the Clone Wars did and mm -hmm. it worked out really, really well. If you think about, I mean, specifically Anakin's character is the biggest thing. You look at Anakin and Attack of the Clones and then you take that character and you put a spin on it in the Clone Wars, it fits and it makes that character much more digestible going into Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. You also see um, with that, it's like you see the turn of him to the dark side, which is what people were kind of like complained about with episode three. It was too fast. It's like a flick of a switch, which it was. But then again, you had many, you had three years of this war in between where you didn't see what happened. Yeah. So um, this is nothing to do with Batu or anything, but it's like, I feel like it'd be cool to actually see it in Star Wars. I'm with you. Just reading I'm with you on that. Yeah. Because it's like, I've read about it in three yep. books now so it's like oh you read the black spire book too i forgot yeah about that. so it, and the black spire book is really really good it it really lays out like what bot two is and it makes it really cool because now it's like all the landmarks in the book are like shops and stuff that are actually at the park so it's like oh i've read about this and now i can go there which is cool if you read but you gotta remember a lot of people in the star wars community don't read the books no they don't so if you i feel like they have to at some point put it into the media i agree mm -hmm. so i also think that mandalorian would be a great place to do it because he bounces around the galaxy all the time yeah it would just make sense for him to go there like at least once mm -hmm. or if cassian went there even just mm -hmm. to see it on screen for once and you could you could fit it in because bot the the black spire outpost is a very popular place in the outer rim where people just come and go. It's yeah. like it's a it's like a refueling spot mostly. But you could definitely work it into pretty much any character story. I mean, they they the make love a point truck of that. stop of Star yeah. Wars. Just mm. <laughs> the come and go. And then, uh, real quick before we end the episode, okay, okay. I just want us want to talk about. Um, I've been working on my clone armor. Finally, yes. finally, 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 I've been working on my clone armor. If you want to go see my progress i'm posting it in the discord i'm posting it on my twitter and i'm also posting it on here's my... some pictures of it right now i'm just <laughs> no <laughs> throwback to that trend i would um, say that and tell me be like dude if you say that again i'm gonna blow your here's head a off. picture here's a picture right here. here's a picture here's a picture here and here and here and here 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 and then it'd um, be really funny if you actually did that though <laughs> No. No. <laughs> no no but yeah and, and i've also been posting it on my instagram page 1313 tommy's collection um, all the progress it's the arc trooper commander blitz from the clone wars in the animated style and i went through my kit uh with my father the other day and i found out i have no blaster pistols and no holsters for blaster pistols so uh, i reached out to tall guy 102 a, an awesome member of the 1313 community asked him hey man would you be able to print this stuff out because he does a lot of 3d printing like commissioned work as yep. well he was like yep and he I just, as of recording this, I messaged him not even, well, a little over eight hours ago now, mm -hmm. and he's already started and printing stuff. Yep. That, like, right then and there started printing. I'm like, this this community is fantastic. Like he, like, thank you, tall guy, mm. for doing that. That's and the thing. I'm so, so, so thankful to have the community that we have. Mm. That's the thing about our community. It's like, yeah, I kind of feel sad sometimes that we don't have, like, the numbers that other people that do the same kind of type of content that we do have yeah. we're not real big but at least the people that we have in our community are some of the most genuine great people we got some g's that, that love star wars yeah and mm -hmm. they're 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 sweet like ben taylor went to a store to went to two targets actually to find this for me and sent it to me and then you we got people that just 
send us care packages. We got people that donate to us in the Patreon. Yeah. And we're thankful each, for each and every yes. one of you. For if you're in the Discord, if you're in the Patreon, if you even just comment on our and, videos. And that's the thing that like, you know, you talk about like numbers and stuff, and I agree. I'd ra- I would love to have like huge numbers. I want on YouTube to. I want to be the biggest Star Wars YouTube channel ever. That's like that, what I want. That would be so cool. But like nowadays, so many people fabricate their numbers that like. I mean, when we were kids watching YouTube, YouTube numbers were much more genuine than they yeah. are now, and mm-hmm. and so many people fabricate their numbers, and so many people are really only in it to see how many views they can get. I'm really thankful that the content that we make has always been stuff that we've wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it reflects on our community and the community reacts so positively to what we make and the way that we have like such a, an in-depth connection with our community, whether it be through the discord, the Patreon, just people reaching out to us on social media. Yeah. Like I wouldn't, I would rather have that forever than have, millions and millions of views every day as much as that would be nice to have millions and millions of views every day and make money 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 (laughs) and like finally be able to like monetize the channel and stuff Mm -hmm. i'd rather have it the way it is because again i don't i literally had no other avenue of reaching out to somebody and saying like you know because i'm doing i'm I'm supposed to troop in my armor and my first event in like three weeks and i wouldn't really have anybody else to go to and like be able to just say hey I need this made. Can you do it? And they just start doing it right then and there. Like, yeah. So shout out to tall guy and, yeah. and everybody else who's a part of the community because you guys make this yeah. so special. You make and, it bearable. <laughs> and even on that as well, cause so many people will be like, Oh, like how's your podcast going like in public? But it's like, they don't understand that they think that we just come here. We shoot, we leave, we post. That's it. Yeah. They don't know that there's so much more to it. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. in our discord, how we have genuine connections with real people. Yep. Like people at my university want to talk about networking. Like I went to this social event and met somebody who works in Washington, DC. So they could potentially went, get me a new job, even though they meet thousands of people every year. I went yep. to this party and did several tons of opioids. And I feel so much better about myself. <laughs> Where it's oh, like, we have this genuine... heroin looks pretty good. Oh, you do a Star Wars podcast? You're a loser. You're a loser, man. We have, yeah, con- we have worldwide connections with people that will be everlasting. We got and homies. That's what I appreciate. We got homies in Germany. We got homies in Canada. We got homies in Taiwan. Croatia. Croatia. Don't forget Croatia. Croatia. We got do homies. we say Germany? Yeah, dude. Yeah, we do. My bad. We got homies in Cali. Wait, 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 wait. Can we switch the language? Can we switch the language? We have people so, in like pretty much every state in the United States that are yes. in the community. It's like, again, and those people are all people that I know that like, I can like actually like, they do all these awesome things. Like mm-hmm. they do, like we have people that do 3d printing figure photography. We have people that do like all kinds of things in the star Wars community. And it's such a good mix. Mm-hmm. And you have mm-hmm. a little bit of, that's what we wanted to be was a little bit of everything. And mm-hmm. we have a community that is a little bit of everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Although we do have a really heavy presence for the Black Series. We do. And that is, yeah. Gee whiz, I wonder why. But I think that that's part of the Star Wars fandom, though, is collecting is such a central part part of of, of the fandom. I think think personally that it's just because, let's be honest, we go a little bit overboard. We go go a little bit. Who, us? Never. We go a little bit overboard. Never, no. So, um, (laughs) uh, I think... I think that's one thing that really helps us retain viewers and somewhat credibility is because this set is awesome. That's the other part. All these big YouTubers be like, only 30% of my viewers are subscribed. And we're sitting here like we 70% of our 79% viewers last time yep. I checked. Are, are subscribed viewers that just mm. keep coming back. And mm. I'd rather, again, I'd rather have it be that way. Exactly. And have genuine community than a fake community. Mm-hmm. So... With that, we're done gushing we're done. our hearts out on you. Thank you, you so much for watching this episode. Um, please leave a like, leave a comment, follow us on all of our social medias if you haven't already. And if you haven't yet, and you're part of that 21% that aren't subscribed, consider pressing that red button and ringing that bell so you can know when we upload. And if you want to, and you feel so inclined, support us on Patreon. We are giving away that John Favreau figure at the beginning of December. John Favreau. For all of you, if you're international and you didn't have the chance to get it, this is a really good shot for you. Because we got- Prime opportunity. We have uh-huh. we have like five or six people in that tier. You are competing against five or six people for this figure and we're sending it to you free of charge. You don't have to pay shipping. So especially for you international people, 
make sure that you join that Patreon for a really good chance of getting that figure. Also, just to help support and us. And every month, at getting a chance of winning something. Mm-hmm. Every month. Every yep. month. So thank you guys so much for watching this episode. And we see you guys next time. Goodbye, everyone! Bye!